Today is February the 20th. Have you heard of the running of the Egyptian bulls? Let's find out together about it as we read Exodus 32 to 34. So today as we read Exodus 32 to 34, we're going to hear about the creation of the golden calf. Moses and Joshua are on the mountain. Uh, they begin to hear commotion from the from the camp. They start going down. Joshua says, uh, the people are at war. Moses listens and says, no, the people are at party. Uh, they go down and what they discover is that in the meantime, uh, the people grew disenchanted with Moses's uh, uh, delay, and uh, they had Aaron make golden calves for them. Now, why golden calves? Well, probably two reasons. First of all, in Mesopotamia, where they were headed, uh, the primary god was Baal. Uh, Baal was pictured as standing on the back of two bulls, a lightning bolt in his hand, uh, throwing lightning from the sky. It could be that, or it could be hearkening back to Egypt. Personally, I think that Israel had been in Egypt for so long. During one month out of the year, uh, Egypt worshipped year-round, a bull, the bull they called Apis. Uh, the bull had about a 25-year lifespan, and uh, every 25 years they would sacrifice the bull and uh, begin another bull. And that bull, for 25 years, would be the bull of Apis. When it came time for the Nile River to flood the fields and uh, water the fields, uh, they would let the bull run in uh, the fields, some of the fields, not all of them. This was the bull fertilizing uh, the fields. Apis was the god of rebirth. What better god to have than the god Apis, the bull of Egypt, as Israel was seeking to be reborn as a nation. Well, Moses comes down, sees the golden calves. He, uh, he, he goes crazy. He, he destroys the, uh, stone, uh, tablets on which, uh, the book of the covenant was written. Um, the Lord says, I'm going to wipe them out. Moses intercedes for Israel. The Lord relents. The Lord forgives. Uh, and in chapter 34, we have a new covenant. Now listen to the start of this covenant. Chapter 34, verse 6. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I don't excuse the guilty. Now, the Lord goes on, and immediately following, he reissues the covenant. He remakes 
the covenant with Israel. We have uh, the conditions that the Lord will follow and the conditions that he expects Israel to follow. Enjoy this passage as we read Exodus 32 to 34. Exodus 32 to 34, New Living Translation. Exodus 32. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold and melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord told Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. The people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they've turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They've melted down gold and made a calf. They've bowed down and sacrificed to it. They're saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I've seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them and I'll destroy them. Then I'll make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. Oh, Lord, he said, why are you so angry with your own people whom you brought from the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand? Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them with the evil intention of slaughtering them in the mountains and wiping them from the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you've threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. I'll give them all of this land that I've promised to your descendants. They'll possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he threatened to bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. When Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like war in the camp. But Moses replied, it's not the shout of victory nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of celebration. When they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing. He burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and burned it. He ground it into powder. He threw it in the water and forced the people to drink it. Finally, he turned to Aaron and demanded, What did these people do to you to make you bring such terrible sin upon them? Don't get so upset, my lord, Aaron replied. You yourself know how evil these people are. They said to me, 
Make us gods who will lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So I told them, whoever has gold jewelry, take it off. And they brought it to me. I simply threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Moses saw that Aaron had let the people get completely out of control, much to the amusement of their enemies. So he stood at the entrance to the camp and he shouted, All of you who are on the Lord's side, come here and join me. All the Levites gathered around him. Moses told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Each of you take your swords and go back and forth from one end of the camp to the other. Kill everyone even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. The Levites obeyed Moses' command, and about 3,000 people died that day. Then Moses told the Levites, Today you've ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you've earned a blessing. The next day Moses said to the people, You've committed a terrible sin. But I'll go back up to the Lord on the mountain. Perhaps I'll be able to obtain forgiveness for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, what a terrible sin these people have committed. They've made gods of gold for themselves. But now, if you'll only forgive their sin, if not, erase my name from the record you've written. But the Lord replied to Moses, No, I'll erase the name of everyone who has sinned against me. Now go. Lead the people to the place I told you about. Look, my angel will lead the way before you. When I come to call the people to account, I will certainly hold them responsible for their sins. Then the Lord sent a great plague upon the people because they worshipped the calf Aaron had made. Exodus 33, the Lord said to Moses, get going, you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt. Go up to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and tell them, I'll give this land to your descendants and I'll send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hivites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you for you're a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did... I would surely destroy you along the way. When the people heard these stern words, they went into mourning and stopped wearing their jewelry and fine clothes. For the Lord had told Moses to tell them, You're a stubborn and rebellious people. If I were to travel with you for even a moment, I would destroy you. Remove your jewelry and the fine clothes while I decide what to do with you. So from the time they left Mount Sinai, the Israelites wore no more jewelry or fine clothes. It was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tents. They'd all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. After 
afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. One day Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me take these people up to the promised land, but you haven't told me whom you will send with me. You've told me I know you by name, and I look favorably on you. If it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. Remember that this nation is your very own people. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I'll give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and on your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I'll indeed do what you've asked, for I look favorably on you, and I know you by name. Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I'll call out my name, Yahweh, before you, for I'll show mercy to anyone I choose. I'll show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, Look, stand near, near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Exodus 34. Then the Lord told Moses, Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I'll write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me at the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Don't even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets. Like the first ones, early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. He called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But I don't excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. He said, O oh Lord, if it's true that I've found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. The Lord replied, Listen, I'm making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I'll perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. 
all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I'll go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. But be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make any treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They'll invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you'll go with them. Then you'll accept their daughters who sacrifice to other gods as wives for your sons. They'll seduce your sons to commit adultery against me by worshiping other gods. You must not make any gods of molten metal for yourselves. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days, the bread you eat must be without yeast, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in the early spring, in the month of Abib, for that's the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey may be brought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or a young goat in its place, but if you don't buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working, even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest, then celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the Sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel. I'll drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory, so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord your God three times each year. You must not offer the blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast. And none of the meat of the Passover sacrifice may be kept over until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I'm making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord forty days and forty nights. In all that time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant. He had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. 
When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he'd give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him. The people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face, so he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll look at the tabernacle furniture and ask, what was that for?